What a joy to open God's word together. We are in the first 11 verses of 1 Peter 4. I'm so glad to be back among you today to worship the Lord through study. 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11, and I will read this now. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same intention, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has finished with sin. So as to live for the rest of your time in the flesh, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. You have already spent enough time in doing what the Gentiles like to do, living in debauchery, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you no longer join them in the same excesses of dissipation, and so they blaspheme. But they will have to give an accounting to him who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was proclaimed even to the dead, so that though they had been judged in the flesh as everyone is judged, they might live in the spirit as God does. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. O oh Lord, this is your word. This is your time. God, please do your work among your people today as we remember your sacrifice for us. Amen. This is a powerful piece of scripture. There's one idea really I want us to focus in on. There's lots here. I encourage you to take it home and, you know, tear it apart and exegete it and look up things. But for us this morning, today, I want us to focus on this thought, that Christians are meant to live with intention. Jesus came purposefully to live on earth. He specifically engaged at a certain period of time with certain people in order to express his truth and his will, his tenderness and his love. He spoke words that changed lives. He prayed for the lost to experience healing and faith. Jesus did the will of God when he was here. Now, the word intention in this passage means to have the same mind or the same purpose as Christ. So the translation might read, therefore, since Christ suffered physically, you also should arm yourselves with the same mindset. Have the same mindset of Christ in your lives. That's what being a Christian is about. 
Now, next week, we're going to talk more about what it looks like to share in Christ's sufferings. Pastor Helen talked a little bit about that last week or two weeks ago. But today, I invite us to think about how Jesus was intentional in all he did, even though it meant he was going to suffer for it. When you read the Gospels, there is a moving toward Jerusalem. That means there is a moving toward suffering. Jesus knows this. Jesus intentionally is moving toward that suffering. And Peter is saying here that as we obey God, as we do good, as we do God's will, even when it's not convenient or even when we have hardship or true adversity, we are to do that intentionally. Now, verse two is challenging. Peter says that we should live the rest of our lives not focusing on what we want, but focusing on the will of God. So then we think, why do we do the things that we do? In what ways are we led by Jesus and in what ways do we simply live for ourselves? We can profess Christ and then do as we please. You know that. We've all done that. But that's not the life that Jesus calls us to, nor is it consistent with the written instructions for the church in the New Testament. Now, there's a list here of behaviors that we should avoid, although just not doing them doesn't mean that we're living for God. Amen? That's right. Just because we don't get drunk or go carousing or get into all kinds of excesses doesn't mean that we are being intentional about following Christ. Now, verse 5 is interesting. I think about this sometimes. How we are going to give an accounting one day to the Lord when we see him face to face. Do you ever think about that? God is merciful. God is holy. We will be judged according to what we have done and what we not, have not done. Jesus will look at us and speak truth to us, the truth that we already know about our lives. So much about life after death I don't understand. But if we have trusted Jesus in this life, let us trust him for that moment also when we see him face to face. Let us trust that our Savior will be fair when we get to heaven. This is another way that God is intentional. Because why go to the cross if our actions here don't matter? Why die a criminal's death for everyone to see if there are no consequences for what we do here? The lengths that Jesus went to mean something. And we should think about that. Starting in verse 7, Peter reminds believers that the end of life here is close. I wonder if he would think that over 2,000 years later, we would still be reading these words. But because all things are near, Peter says we should be serious and discipline ourselves. That we should be serious about how we treat one another with love and we should be generous in how we express our hospitality to everyone, not just the people that we want to. We should be intentional about how we speak and how we serve. And when we do those things, we do that with God's strength. And this is how God is glorified. 
And I wonder if you've been thinking about the bishop's message last week. I wonder if you've been thinking about God's glory and what that means. Have you been thinking about how glory means weight? Have you been thinking about why it is that you want to see God's glory? That was such a good question, such a good sermon for us, helping us to see God's glory as the weight of love and presence and radiance and covering and truth. And I've been thinking, Colleen, why do you want to see God's glory? For what purpose? For what purpose is it that you want to know God's glory or see his presence work? Good question. Peter here is saying how our attitudes and our lives bring glory to God. When Moses came down from the mountain, the bishop reminded us he radiated the glory that he experienced with God. When we obey the Lord, when we express the love of God to others, when we intentionally choose to live for Jesus, we reflect that same glory. I was talking to someone this week and they go, man, I was talking to someone and all of a sudden they were just like, whoop. Like, why do they want to talk to me, pastor? And I go, because they're drawn to the Holy Spirit. It's not about us. When people want to talk to you, when they want to ask you questions, when they're in a crisis and they call you, it's because they know that you trust God and that you are going to point them to the Lord. We give glory in how it is that we serve him and how it is that we interact with one another. We are vessels of the light of Christ. So Peter's point is that Jesus is our model in all things, including living by the will of God. Listen to what Peter's saying about living intentionally here. He's saying, live with the same intention Jesus had to be inconvenienced and to suffer for choosing to do God's will. Live with intention because one day you're going to have to answer to God for all you did and all you didn't do and the ways that you honored God. Peter's saying live with intention and get serious about prayer. The message says stay awake. And we think about the disciples in the garden and how they fell asleep. And we're like, man, those guys. <laughs> You're kidding, right? We can't believe it. But how vigilant are we in prayer? Are you staying awake? Not just for my sermon. But are you staying awake in prayer? Are you every day? Are you awakened to the spirit of God who says, I need you to listen to me now. I need you to stop what you're doing, what your plans are, what you want. So you can stop and you can listen to what I want. Peter says, we have to stay awake. The days are getting worse. The days are getting short. Live with intention and love one another as if everything depended on it. Do we love as though everything depended on it? Peter says, live with intention. Be hospitable to everyone who needs it. Live with intention. And whatever you do, he says, do it with the strength of God. How often do we do things on our own strength? And then we get so tired. Jesus got tired and he was doing it at the strength of the Father. Whatever you do in your life, don't overfunction. Don't underfunction either. That's one of the narrow ways. Often I find myself during the week thinking, ah, that is part of the narrow way. 
the things that you're doing in your life, if there are things that aren't that the Lord wants you to do, stop. Ask the Lord, Lord, is this from you? And if the Lord says no, and then do this, we need to be listening. We are people who follow, not just people who believe with our minds that Jesus is Lord. We believe with all that we are. One of the books that I'm rereading right now um, for my class is uh, Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Willard. And it's about how Jesus came to begin a revolution and a transformation of the world. And that begins in the human heart. Because our souls are ruined and lost, but worthy and so loved. And we need the grace that Jesus died to give us. But God is the one who initiates this way back. But Willard always said, you have to be active yourself. So Willard offers a good example of this. He says, think about a person who wants to learn a new language. Arabic, Japanese, French. He says a person has to have a vision of what this would look like and think about why they would want to do this. Why would you want to learn a new language? Why is this desirous in your life? Why do you want to do this? What are you going to do with it? And he says, but learning a new language takes more than saying I want to do it. It takes intention. It takes discipline. It takes time and a willingness to consistently put yourself in the language or with people who speak it or who can help you. It takes initiating action. No one learns a new language or anything new at all just by wishful thinking. Willard says, imagine a person wondering day after day if he or she is going to learn Arabic. I wonder if today's the day I'm going to learn Arabic just waiting to see whether or not it's going to magically happen for them. Wow. Willard's point is how often do believers just act in that way about growing in Christ. I wonder if today's the day I'm going to grow stronger in Christ. And then we go and do whatever it is we want to do. Thinking we know the story, we know what the Bible says, but failing to implement the work that it takes to be mature followers of Christ. Peter is imploring the church to be intentional. If we are going to be more like Christ, if our hearts and lives are going to be remade in the image of our Savior, we have to be an active part of the process. And that doesn't mean just doing good things for him. It means really actively understanding what it means to become more like Jesus and putting ourselves in that space of learning and growing and listening and seeking Peter says the point of being intentional is that God would be evident and glorified in us so that our words would be his and our actions would be fueled by him and that the grace that Jesus came to intentionally give us would be grace that we intentionally live into. Because Christ was intentional and suffering was the point. Because if suffering wasn't the point of what he did, he would just be some guy on a Wikipedia page. I'm not joking you. He would be some guy that somebody said, yeah, he did really great stuff. Yeah, he loved a lot of people. But it's the intentional suffering that brings us here today. So as we come to the communion table of the Lord, let's examine our actions and our lives against these words of Peter. Let us seek the spirit and be honest about 
what it is that we are intentionally doing in our lives, both individually and together as a local congregation. Jesus commanded that those who follow him would take intentional time to remember, continually remember the sacrifice of Christ, and we're going to do that today. So as we read the words of the liturgy, as we intentionally come forward today to receive, I want you to ask God, what are some next steps of intentionality in your relationship with him that he wants you to take? Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.